Hello and welcome. Keep listening. If you want to find out where to start with Mark's training, help with the backup, the approach and retreat, and advice for travelling long trips. Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi Mark, we've got a question for you from Leanne who's new to the membership and she's wondering if there is a process that we can outline so that she can understand where she should start training. She's new to you, she's new to the membership and so can you just walk her through kind of what you think she should be doing, how she can find out what she should be doing um, you know, and, and uh, perhaps how you run things a little bit differently to other online platforms. Yeah, um... So the big, the biggest thing I'd like, like, like for everybody to understand that it, you know, coming on board and, you know, get, um, you know, learning off the videos and that sort of thing is, um, I was ever so wary that people, you know, don't follow it as a, as a program that I do this and then I do this and then I do this because I wanted the people to look into what they were doing more so than just apply things or apply methods to their horses, because, um, um, you know, I've spent a lot of years doing clinics fixing a lot of horses that just um, a method has been applied to. Um, and now it's very easy to sort of have a start point and sort of work your way through in step-by-step sort of things. Um, I think what's essential is sort of thinking about what we're doing and applying it because uh, sometimes we apply something in different ways. Sometimes our horses are already shut down. Sometimes they're youngsters, all sorts of things. And, yes, there are certain things. If you watched a few of my clinics that I'm doing um first with horses then I go to another thing and another thing um so but for you trying to sort of you know work your way through the different videos and 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 how to apply the videos with your horse and for everyone else out there what I what I sort of firstly sort of get people to sort of look into is the um is the challenge the challenge is just it's a very basic sort of challenge where we're just showing our horse well first of all the first part of the challenge is an observation challenge we go and observe our horse and and trying to learn some things about our horse you know how they feel about us around them in the paddock things like that uh what type of horse they are and uh and then from that we there's some basic lessons that we sort of branch off and and show our horses and see if they can understand them but um being a challenge it's not like a um it it requires us to um sort of use a bit of our intuition uh to to figure out what we're doing and what what our horses are giving us you know uh, what responses they're giving us with that and from that challenge you you know you'll sort of start to do some stuff some basic things with your horse and learn some stuff from there uh, i encourage people to start to you know think about and look into what type of horse they have so you know some people might come on board and they've got a baby that's you know and that's where you just go straight to the foal handling. Even if it's a, it's not a foal anymore, it's a yearling or two years old, you might go back into that foal handling and look at things that uh, that, you, that the horse may have missed. It might be hard to pick up its feet. There are some things in there. So in the foal handling, you'll get a lot of that basic early information for horses. And sometimes you can look at a slightly older horse and see things that you've missed. Um, and then from that, you go into the young horse starting. And that goes through a process of getting horses to understand the basic things uh, basic leading concepts, things like that, being able to be handled a bit more, a bit more of the feet picking up, that sort of thing. And you go through that, you learn a lot from there. But, um, you know, you might have a horse that comes comes along and that you've got that's an ex-race horse or something like that. So 
in in looking into those types of horses or say for instance a shutdown horse then you're going to look into you're going to go into some areas of you know you might go into the sort of highly anxious horses the destinate the horses that destinate a lot you know the the uh connection disability separation anxiety uh and and don't just pick a video just go through and have a little bit of a brief look at the videos and go okay well i can see a lot of that in my horse and then you've got to research and find out some of those videos that are going to really suit you, as in suit your horse. Um, and the same with the shutdown horses. There's videos on shutdown horses where I'm starting to open them up and some, you know, things like that that are, that are really going to help people. So, and sometimes before you apply a one, two, three, four thing, like, you know, it's got, you've got to look it into the type of horse that you've got. And sometimes, you know, you might just want to get your horse centered and calm. Sometimes you might want to open your horse up before you teach them how the basic leading steps. So that's why I encourage people to go into the different sort of categories and go, well, okay, I'm going to look into these shutdown horse videos and learn a little bit from the horses. I'm not just going to go out and apply these videos to my horse. I'm just going to watch it like a documentary and go, well, I might learn a bit from these videos and then I'm going to start to make a decision what's going to best uh, suit my horse. Um, there's also another video like how to use the flag um, and it's just sort of, you know, ideas on, on when you hold a flag, you know, the, the principles behind using it and what we want to achieve with our horse um, and, and, and things like that are really important and there's so much content in the leading, you know, you go through those leading videos there's, and, and in the, in the, in the, um, in the headings, there's always a, a kind of link to a sort of a, either a frozen horse or a braced horse, uh, you know, things like that, body control through the lead rope. And that's what you'd move on to, you know, once once you've sort of figured out where your horse is at. And, and, and obviously it's a, originally the, the, the membership was going to be a fly on the wall where people can sort of look at different videos and see me working with horses, different lessons at clinics and stuff like that and um, kind of figure out what's going to suit them and um, and their horses. But more and more we realise that we're going to put more stuff in there that's going to be more, I guess, not structured as in a method, but, you know, to to really pinpoint people's directions in, in their training. So you start off with a challenge, uh, Leanne, if you can, but also don't forget there's the section on essential viewing. So as Mark was saying, just take it as a sort of an overview. The videos in that essential viewing will give you an over overview of where his philosophy is directing you to and what the concepts it needs you to take on board. Now, if you want to practice that philosophy and practice those concepts, that's what the challenge is all about. So we'll just move on to that because I've got a question from Ardy Mark, who is stuck on challenge three with one of his Brumbies, a wild horse. He doesn't seem to have a reverse gear. So the challenge three is all about getting the backup right. So a lot of horses will obviously do a backup, but what Mark is looking for is specific things so that we know the horse is thinking backwards and moving softly and is comfortable in it. It is not easy to get it to that level. So um, Mark with Ardy, um, he said that his horse is slightly better doing that backup if he wiggles the flag over his back, but not much. Forwards is no problem. And as he's also quite, or she, I'm not so, sorry, I don't know if you're male or female, um, if quite small, then um, it's hard, you know, to get that force right as well. So have you got any suggestions to help? Okay. Um, it, it, like what I was talking about, finding the right video for the, for the you know, the, the right person and horse combination. Um, in, in, in what I'm thinking now is, is, is what's causing your horse to sort of really block the back up. And some horses don't back up very well and, and they just think about fighting on pressure and that's where they brace. So 
Uh, it could be that emotional, physical brace from sort of phys- like mentally kind of going, oh, here's pressure, I'm going to freeze up and block a little bit. Um, or you could have one of those quite dull horses that pressure doesn't is- inspire that sort of life and, and um, in the horse and that desire to search, mm-hmm. um, which that's probably why when you shake the flag above its head, that little bit of a stronger awareness gets it more aware of <clears throat> the boundaries and the feel of the rope and things like that, so it starts to respond a little bit off that rope. Um, so I could lead you down the garden path with 50 different little, you know, side tracks, but I'm, I'm going to maybe just give you something to think about for a bit and maybe on another question and answer in a fortnight or no, so you can sort of, you know, touch base or whatever. Um, I'm going to say, okay, well, your horse is moving forwards and you don't have a great lot of, you know, weight behind you to sort of say, you know, don't push or something like that. But um there is a point where you you have to say when the horse is moving forwards what's it doing so um and you will have to sort of firm up enough to say pushing's not available sometimes um but what i'm going to sort of work on is maybe getting you to free up your horse in a way that's encouraging forward movement but starting to get more lateral movement out of that forward movement and that's going to teach your horse to to sort of cross its hind feet and just kind of loosen up that hind quarter loosen up that forequarter and move around now this sometimes can be just as hard as the backup um, but sometimes it's essential in getting a horse to just get a lot softer before you back it up so um, you'll be standing beside your horse to try and get it to do the forwards or backwards and things like that and when you're standing beside your horse, um, just maybe lift a little bit. You'll feel a little bit of fight. And if the horse pushes down, just say, don't push. And then when it loosens up a little bit and just not not a heap, just a little bit and it's not fighting in its head, then just ask it for a forward step, okay? Uh, and then as it flows one or two steps forward, just push and, and, and the horse will just probably stop and just find out how much push after your horse starts going forward, but how much it leans into your hand, okay? So um, if there's quite a lot of lean in that horse, then the horse's anxiety, you know, sometimes it might freeze in anxiety. It's desire when it's a bit worried, not sure as to push forward. So that's, that can also stop them from wanting to back up because they think safety is always through going forward and going somewhere. So if it's a nervous sort of brumby that's doing that, then you're going to find out how much forward push it has when it just starts to travel forward. So all you're sort of really essentially going to do is go, can you go forward and I'm going to push. And, and, and I know I say to people, don't block a horse. In this case, I'll make an exception because I'm saying, I just want to see if that horse doesn't push or see how much it pushes. And then, so you're going to have it out on the end, you know, out off your hand a little bit or in your hand, but off your body a little bit. So you have your hand out, you ask for forward. And then when you when you say don't push, you might step in. So you've got your shoulder and your weight and you just push back. And if you feel that horse really lean on your whole body weight because you've obviously braced yourself into the ground to say don't push and they lean out like that, we just lean and say that's not available and keep repeating that until when you put a feel up on that knot, the horse goes, oh, that's right, I, I can't push. I'm not going to push. Um, and then from there... Uh, because when you start to um, get the horse to lift the wither out and, and move the hindquarter out, <clears throat> um, if the horse is pushing a lot and a small person like yourself, you're going to find that horse is really stretching that arm and, and putting too much weight on you. So what I'd probably do is I'd, once they've sort of stopped pushing in your hand, ask them to lead forward. And as as they're leading forward, start to push the knot out a bit like you're pushing them away a little bit and hopefully because you've taken a lot of that push they might just follow out with their shoulders a bit 
And then what I would sort of want to do is start to create a bend in the horse where they're walking around me with a bit of a bend and they just walk around and keep that forward flow. And as I say, if the horse stretches out and pushes, you step in, don't push, and then you ask again until the horse just walks around in your hand without just marching forward and wanting to push off in a straight line through your hand. And when they can start to walk around you, that's when you can start to put a little feel and a bend in your horse. And when you start to put a bit of feel in the bend, you can sort of quietly bring that bend around as if your bottom of your hand's coming up towards their wither and you're sort of twisting so that angle of the rein's going to do a little sort of curve and come around like you're pushing it up towards the wither. But this is still done underneath their chin and that's going to um, enable them to gently move that hind across. Okay, so that's going to help them out and um, you know just move the hind and when the hind feet start to move over softly and the horse is not pushing through your hand then as the hind feet and the front feet are kind of loose in that hind quarter yield you can just gently start to push back on the horse but you've got to be careful um, in the sense that um, sometimes they can if you do it too fast because they're moving their feet sort of forwards in a hind quarter yield you don't want to get them tangled up too much so you just kind of gently come in with a bit of a backup so that is for any of the horses that are really freezing in their feet and got their hind feet spread out and pushing and, and, and not wanting to release and back up. So you've released all four feet in that sort of sideways movement in that hind quarter yield. You've worked on the horse just pushing forward and saying that's not available. And then the next thing, while it's moving all four feet kind of sideways, then you can just say now rock back a little bit. And that just helps them sort of think back into the rain. Um, the other thing is when you use the flag, above the wither allow a bit of forward movement when you shake the flag so they move forward and then you say now don't push step back a little bit so you actually get them to find that contact to that lead rope and then step back and that's another way to look into that too helping them um, if if it's quite difficult you can just put your hand on their hip a little bit and just sort of just handle them over if they're good with that you just put a little bend in them and you just rock on their hip with your hand and just rock on their hip till they free up their feet and just move, move, away, move, kind of yield to your hand pressure a little bit. You're not kind of chasing them around with a stick or anything like that. You're just trying to just get them to loosen and move off, off your hand and move over. And that'll help also loosen up their hind feet a little bit. So you loosen up those hind feet a little bit, get them to step around a little bit, loosen up those hind feet. And as they're stepping around soft, so you just say now back up as the hind feet have loosened up you, you get them to back up and that's also another way to, to, to help them as i say freeing up all four feet and then saying can you take the direction into reverse till they can think and move softly uh, backwards try those things if there's any sticky points um, by the next time you ask a question you'll have um, more of a idea on the ex uh, the exactness of your horse and where the brace is if he's just frozen and shutting out or he's um, or he's just dull and he's shutting down or he's just, just, just not sure at all. So, yeah, work on those things and then, 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 then touch base with us again. Okay. Um, sticking with wild horses, it's from Donna. And she's just gone to your recent clinic in Adelaide. She's gone back to basics after the clinic. She can see now how much she invades his space without recognising his bubble. So she's practicing in a smallish area where her horse will position himself against the gate, looking away. She's using an approach and retreat and also the flag to add pressure. So she wants to check if she's doing this right. When he looks at her, she moves back, giving him time to think. And then she steps forward slowly. If he looks away, she uses the flag again and steps back when he looks at her. 
she wants to know if she's doing the right thing. And um, also just to let you know that she actually got all the way to his island today. She rubbed the head cloth on his nose and moved away and let him out into the paddock. Normally he'll pin his ears and turn his back to her when she approaches with his head collar. But today he was soft and took a step towards her. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, in my recollection, it might be a big thoroughbred horse, but either way, um, it, it still still is a sort of a horse that's wary, wary of people. And I think he's had his space invaded quite a lot of times in the past. Um, so, so they end up sort of, you know, you know, they shut out, they do things like that. Um, or, or they get aggressive because they feel disempowered that they can't move away because <clears throat> they're sort of bound by this kind of emotional obedience that sort of freezes their mind and body. Um, so the listening approach and the approach and retreat uh, that you're doing is good because you, you're walking up and you're sort of respecting uh, his space a little bit instead of just going in and saying, I own you, I can touch you wherever I want, whether you like it or not. You're sort of waiting a little until he softens. And um, and what you're really starting to recognise is, is being a strong gazer like he is and, 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 and he sort of destinates a lot is when he's got a strong thought away, you can use that flag to draw his attention to you uh, or not sorry, I shouldn't say that. I, it's still easy to say that. The flag will draw his attention to you, but the idea of the flag is to say, let go of that thought. So, you know, when you apply pressure, just so everyone else listening um, understands why you're applying the pressure, you're applying the pressure to say, let go of that thought. You're not putting pressure on the horse. It's more of a distraction to snap that that thought. And then when he lets go of that thought, well, he's going to usually bring his thoughts back and say, well, what are you doing there? Okay, so... And that's for everybody else. When you use a flag, you're not drawing the horse to the flag as such. You're just using it to say, let go of that thought. So when, when he's fixated and there's no conversation happening in his mind, you can say, let go of that thought. When his thoughts come to you, you reward him and step away a little bit and say, thanks, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to see if I could get you to check in. Um, but in turn, you're also waiting a little bit and noticing when he starts to harden, shut out, and that's where the approach and treat, retreat comes in. So in you're using approach and retreat as you approach him when he's got a hard thought thinking away. Uh, you can get his attention back and then you retreat a little bit to reward that. Uh, you can also use approach and retreat as you walk towards him. He starts to go, oh, you're not, you're not, you're, you know, I'm shutting you out a little bit and you stop a little bit until he goes, oh, you didn't just come in like everybody else and just put yourself on top of my bubble or my island. You waited a little bit so the horse softens and engages with you again and then you can go um, and keep approaching until the horse allows you in softly and that's probably why he's starting to go oh, I'm going to sniff the holder and soften instead of put my ears back so the reason he was putting his ears back was because he was going oh here they come again you're going to come into my space and he gets gets angry about that um, but by being a little bit more cautious about his bubble and um, respecting it then he, he goes oh she's okay but in the long run we want to get them to a stage that we can walk up to them quickly and they're soft. But once he starts to get soft thoughts towards people, yourself, people, understands pressure more, then you can walk up as fast as you like. As long as that last little bit before you touch on them, you go, I'm just going to wait a little just to say, hey, I, I respect you. I'm not just going to just chuck my hand on you like I didn't even, you know, like I'm, um, you're not, a, you're not uh, a being or a live being. And next question is from Kelly, and it's all about float loading, but on a long journey. She had a fantastic time at her recent clinic in Perth, but it was a four and a half hour journey each way. And at the three and a half hour mark, her horse started pouring and became quite agitated. 
She kept driving and he stopped doing it, but when they got home, he was drenched in dried sweat. It's the first time she's seen him that sweaty on a float, but she hasn't done such a long journey with him before. So she's wondering what can she do to help him prepare him for the next long float ride? And what should you do if a horse pulls and becomes agitated like that? Yeah, um, it's a just interesting enough. He, he was drenched in the dry sweat, so so it's obviously part of the journey. And it might have been the part where he started to pull and get really stressed. He started to sweat, and then after a while, obviously it's dried out. So if he was sweating the whole time and stressing, then he'd come out in drenched, wet with sweat. So he's obviously sweated up, got really stressed, and then then somehow he's either just started to blank out a bit or, or he sort of, you know, got over it a bit and then, then, then got on with the journey and to allow the sweat to dry out. Because I've seen horses get out of floats from long journeys. They're drenched in sweat and the floor's just drenched in sweat and there's not one time in that journey that they actually found some, some comfort or, you know, managed to let, let, let out some of that tension and just start to sort of get on with the journey without stressing too much. So by the sounds of it, he gets to a certain mark and he feels like, I don't know, you know, I'm in here for a long time. The other thing is he hasn't travelled in a long time and, um, you know, and floats are all different. Everyone's got a different float and things like that. There's all these different sort of things in there. But um, I think what should you do, like I'd, I'd love to be able to put him in and take him out after a bit. So say for instance, well, actually no, what should you do before the three and a half hour journey? Like at three and a half hours, that's when he throws in the towel or he gets really stressed, not throws in the towel, he just gets really stressed. Then you've got to think, okay, well, I'm just gonna put him in a float, get him soft, lead him on, you know, you know all the leading skills of getting him on and off soft. And on that clinic, got so much softer in the leading that you've got more of a tool that you can help him softly walk on and off the floats, have soft movement, soft thoughts. So get him in soft, take him for a drive, take him off and grade the exposure to the float. I know this sounds like a lot of a lot of work, but if you think about it is we spend that much time on a canter transition on a horse. We spend that much time on a flying lead change. We spend that much time on, you know, people spend hours training their horse to do things to win a ribbon. Um, so to me, putting a horse in a float, taking it for a bit of a drive, bringing it back out again, asking it to load again softly, showing it they can go in the float, come off the float and increase the time it stays in there uh, without any bad experiences or super bad experiences, then the horse starts to go, oh, well, okay, if I just sort of hunker down and kind of, you know, eventually I'm going to come off this float and, and you're, you're slowly increasing the amount of time that the horse stays in there. And if you, if you know the horse has a sort of a bit of a threshold, for a little while maybe. I mean, the biggest thing is he hadn't been loaded for 18 months and you don't know what type of float it will be made. Well, I don't anyway. And maybe you don't, what type of float he used to be on before you owned him and things like that, whether he went on a truck, who knows. So it's been a big experience for him to do that three hours. So if you just grade his exposure before that, that's going to be really good. And then after that, um, you know, if you're on a journey and you know it's going to be a four-hour journey and you know, last time you travelled your horse, you knew he could do an hour and a half or two hours and he was pretty soft, well, you can say, right, oh, before he sort of gets too anxious, we might pull up somewhere, walk him around in a, you know, take, don't take him on the, off on the highway, take him to a showground, figure out where the showground is, you know, the local showground in that town you've got to go through, take him off, give him a drink, walk him around and then load him and then travel again for the next two hours. Um, you know, sometimes... 
taking the horse off and finishing the journey is good, but for, for a horse that you've slowly been increasing his confidence in the float, it's probably better that you break the journey a little bit. As long as you know you can get him back on and as long as you know he's soft enough to go, you know, go back to it. So if you've done your homework, he should be loading really softly on and off and you don't have to worry about stopping halfway and not getting him back on. So you have to sort of, you know, have that in your training that, that, that he's, he's good with that. And then I think what'll happen is won't be long before you'd be travelling three hours and he's going, oh, I'm fine with that, and four hours, he's fine with that. Um, but, you know, there might be various reasons why he started to panic. You know, some he might have been busting for a wee, he might have got stressed, he might have yeah, been... Yeah, I was thinking that. You know, any anything, you know, could have been a change in whatever, some things outside that sort of made him panic and then he sort of didn't know what to do. But as they get more confident and they have done it like like let's, let's just right taking a horse on a on a like a baby horse on a trail ride for its first you know ride out exposure you take it out a little bit before it sort of gets too overwhelmed you bring it home and say look i just took you just took me out and i brought you home and the horse goes wow that was pretty easy and then the next time it goes further till in a month's time you can ride all day long through the hills and the horse doesn't worry too much about anything so but if you took it out on that full day on its first day and it got overwhelmed by some scary things and it gets in a panic it hasn't had the tools there to sort of cope and it just doesn't know. So it just, they just don't know how to get out of that. So, and, and the floating's exactly the same. You can learn more from Mark and his approach online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. Join hundreds of others around the world making real progress, fixing problems and improving their relationship with their horses. There are now over 500 training videos. Make use of the seven-day free trial and take a look. Membership is just $15 a month and you get to ask Mark a question.